The law firm of Becker and Lindauer represent victims all over the state of Florida. All too often, insurance companies try to convince injured motorists, passengers, pedestrians, and other injured claimants to accept less than their case is worth. Whether it be a car crash, a trucking accident, a motorcycle wreck, a bicycle accident, or an injured pedestrian, it is imperative that you have legal representation to assist you. Becker and Lindauer are dedicated to putting their decades of legal experience to work for you. With proven results, Becker and Lindauer is ready to fight for you. With 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of Dave and Danielle are highly qualified and ready to help you. Call today for a free consultation, 941-567-6728. Again, area code 941-567-6728. Or visit Becker and Lindauer online at the website in the show notes. Tiki Hut Media. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Christmas edition of So Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jerry. Glad you could join us today, and we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to feature a sermon that I preached a year ago for Christmas Eve last year, and I thought it was, I thought it was appropriate for today, so we'll replay that. And we'll also have a, a special scripture reader <laughs> coming up as well. As we get started, I'll have my wife, Beth, open us up in prayer. Pray with us. Oh God, we thank you for Jesus. We stand in awe at the mystery of what all this means. We bow down like the wise men. We sing and rejoice like the angels. And we show up to see what has happened like the shepherds. We celebrate in the name of the one who was born in Bethlehem, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Beth. The Christmas story comes to us from Luke chapter 2. And I thought it appropriate to, one of my favorite readings of Luke chapter 2 is from the Charlie Brown Christmas. And Linus recites that for us. I know many of you are familiar with this. Here's Linus doing today's scripture reading. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Well, I'm no angel, but that was not the point to say amen. I thought it would come from my wife, not you, show. It did? Okay. I'm no angel, but I have come to tell you, Trinity United Methodist Church, do not be afraid, for see... I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. For all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. That is why we come to celebrate tonight the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a good place for an amen. 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious God, as we gather this evening, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of these our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. The Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. Familiar passages to us, familiar verses to us. After Jesus was born, he was wrapped in strips of cloth and placed in a manger. And the thing that stuck with me I, like you, have read and heard that passage many, many, many times over my life, every Christmas, as a matter of fact. But this, as I was preparing for this evening, the word manger, for some reason, jumped off the page at me in this particular passage. It occurs three times, the word manger. And so I did a little research. What did we do before Google? I have no idea. Uh, I Googled up manger and just did a little research on manger and what mangers are. It's a feeding trough. We tend to glorify it a little bit and make it all nice and cute when uh, we have our nativity scenes. But it was a feeding trough. It's where animals fed from. That's where they fed from. Donkeys, horses, other animals. And when I think of manger, I picture it made out of wood, but more than likely, it was made out of large stone that had been carved out of on the top in order to hold the straw. And I thought, it's weird, it's unusual. Why keep mentioning the manger over and over again in this passage? Why is it so important? Well, I think one reason is the manger points us to Jesus' humble birth. He did not come riding on a white horse to save the day. He came in a manger, humbly, to save the day. On his first night on the earth, the King of glory, the Son of God, slept in a feeding trough that animals ate out of. We serve a humble an amazingly loving God. But I think there's another reason why Luke mentions the manger so often in this passage. I think the manger, the feeding trough, points as a sign to what Jesus came to do. He came to offer himself as food for our souls. He came to satisfy a hunger that is in us that cannot be satisfied in any other way. It's a spiritual hunger. And church, without Jesus, we're spiritually dead. Jesus said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. When we first come to Jesus, our spiritual selves come to life and we're born anew. King James Version says, born again. And then, as we continue to come to Jesus throughout our entire lives, our spiritual selves are fed, refreshed, and renewed. We grow. We grow not only in our 
head knowledge about God, but in our relationship with God, our heart knowledge, if you will. We grow in our spiritual walk with God. We grow and we change. It is said of John Wesley that he once said that he kept his sermons for about five to seven years, and then he would burn them. And when asked about that, when he was asked, why do you burn your old sermons? He said, because if I have not grown in five years, then I'm spiritually dead. My messages today should be more spiritually mature than they were five years ago. The same happens with us in our hearts and in our souls as we walk every day with Jesus. We grow and we change. In our next service, I believe it's at 7 o'clock, we will celebrate Holy Communion. And for those who may not know, the first Sunday of every month in the traditional service, we celebrate Holy Communion. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record Jesus taking bread at the, at, at the Last Supper and saying, this is my body, which is given for you. The manger, the feeding trough, is a sign of what Jesus came to do. He came to offer himself as bread for our souls. He came to give us life. He came to satisfy a hunger in each of us that cannot be satisfied in any other way. Tonight, our gospel reading has been from Luke. But in the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. This is why we light the candles on Christmas Eve. In Christ, the light of God has come into our dark world. Been a lot of darkness this past year. But in Christ, the light of God has come into our dark world. And light always overcomes darkness. Hate, violence, bigotry, war, poverty, disease, sin, and even death. They seem like, if you watch the news, it seems like that's what's ruling the world. But they do not have the last word after all. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus being born in a manger, humbly, hate and evil will not prevail. A couple of years ago, I read a story. A couple of years ago, a woman named Carla went to a nearby nursing home, and she went room to room. She was offering to read the Christmas story to the residents there from the Bible. And after reading, she would pray with the residents and then move on to the next room. She came to a room that was dark. The lights were off. Shades were drawn. She hesitated. 
But then she noticed a woman sitting on the edge of the bed in the darkness, her hands folded in her lap, like she was waiting for someone. She asked the woman if she could come in and read the Christmas story to her. And the woman whispered, yes. After reading Luke 2, 1 through 20, reading about the birth of Jesus, Carla prayed with the woman and then invited her to join her in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Carla then wished her a Merry Christmas, slipped out of the room. As she was leaving, she was at the, just on the outside of the door. Carla heard the woman weeping quietly. She turned, stood in the door for a moment, and heard the woman praying, Lord, you didn't forget me. I prayed that you wouldn't forget me, and you didn't. Carla was so moved, she went back into the room, wrapped her arms around the woman, and held her as she wept. And many times, those that are weeping don't need our words. They just need the love, someone to hold them. There in the darkness, light had come. It came because Jesus Christ was born in a feeding trough in a manger in Bethlehem. It came because Carla had tasted of the Lord and seen and had seen the light and felt compelled to share it. Christmas is God's gift to us. It's a gift of spiritual life and sustenance and a gift of light, love, hope, and grace. And the gift of Christmas comes to us with a mission, a calling, a responsibility. We celebrate this time of year, and we should. But what happens on December 26th? We are called to feed on the Word of God, accept the light of Christ, and then be the body of Christ as we take Christ's Word and light into the world. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. As we wind up our time today, Merry Christmas from our house to yours. And may God's blessings be abundant for you in the new year of 2022. As we leave out today, I want to just end today's episode with a one of my favorite Christmas hymns. And this is done by the Piano Guys. It's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, grace, peace, cheers.
St. Jude was born of a long day. Hours after the crowds departed, one lonely car remained. Dr. Donald Pinkle, the hospital's first director and employee, had work to do. Young lives depended upon it. They said he was a fool. They said there was no hope. But St. Jude was built upon big dreams and a trailblazing spirit. There were discoveries to be made and lives to save. So he worked. Soon people worldwide joined the mission, lending their time, energies, and talents. Today, St. Jude is more than 4,700 employees strong. The lights never go off at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. The diseases that take our children from us ravage day and night. So we fight through the small hours of the morning, searching for the next innovation. We clean like a life depends upon it, because it does. We cook like we cook for our own families. We fix what is broken. We facilitate care for today and seek tomorrow's cures. And when the sun rises on the other side of the planet, we are there too. We take our mission around the globe because we believe that no child should die in the dawn of life, no matter where they call home. We are stronger together, and working together, we will create a new, brighter future. This is our mission. There is urgency to what we do, because this moment... Pack up your bags, get out the door, you don't get chemo anymore. This moment is why we are here. Go to stjude.org or click on the link in the show notes.